Hey everyone, this is Premium Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Garrison. I'm so excited about the guests that we have on the show today. Former NFL center Joe Holly spent time with the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now what Joe's doing, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to let him share with you later. I think it's super awesome what he's got going on now. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time out to spend with us. How are you doing today, man? I am fantastic, man. Life is good. Thanks for having me on. Man, we're we're so excited you're joining us. So, Joe, kind of just give us a quick um, background story on your time at UNLV and what was your experience like, you know, being drafted by the Falcons and your time in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I went to UNLV, which is in Las Vegas. It's a smaller school. Uh, weren't very good at football. Um, I had a few different offers, but I decided to go there because I wanted to play right away, and I really liked the O-line coach. We didn't have a winning season, um, but I still played hard, and I prepared well and had an opportunity to make the NFL. I thought I was going to be more of a – I was projected to be more of a free agent to maybe seventh-round pick. I didn't think I was going to get invited to the Combine. Um, being from a small school, it's, you know, it's hard to get those that recognition. And I ended up getting an invite to the Combine, which is a big step. I was super excited about that. Uh, probably one of the biggest moments in my football career because that's a dream, like watching the combine as a kid. Got invited to that. Did really well. Uh, a couple teams fell in love with me. I thought I was going to end up going to uh, Denver because um, they were rebuilding and they drafted like three alignment that year. But the Falcons ended up drafting me in the fourth round, which was a lot higher than I originally anticipated. So I was super stoked about that. Uh, that was in 2010. I went to uh, Atlanta, played – Five years there, had a pretty up-and-down career. Uh, went from my second year, I started 12 games, um, played pretty well. And then at the next year, my third year in 2013, I thought I was going to be the starter. But they ended up drafting, I don't know if you guys remember, drafted Peter Kahn's. And yeah. they re-signed Todd McClure, who was the 14-year vet, uh, um, to a one-year deal. So I went from thought I was going to replace Todd to not even dressing my third year. And so I kind of went into this, like, a little bit of a depression, like kind of blaming people, like the coaches don't like me. I was kind of the scapegoat for the year before when we lost to the Giants. And I ended up, like, feel, really feeling sorry for myself and not going to work every day, playing hard, and was kind of doing the woe-is-me attitude. And ended up getting uh, almost cut week 15 of the season. Um, they ended up keeping me because some guy got, went on IR, so they had an extra roster slot. Ended up keeping me. And that kind of was a turning point in my, my whole career. I kind of changed my perspective. I stopped um, blaming other people for where I was at, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to work as hard as I can for me because if I get cut, I'm on the street, then that's on me, and I want to make sure I give it my all. So that was kind of a turning point in my career. I ended up coming back the next year, and that's when I won the starting job um, outright. Felt good. Finally the guy, and that's when I blew my knee out in week four. Mm. And so I had to overcome that. That's when the Falcons ended up releasing me because I didn't recover from that. I ended up going to Tampa Bay in 2015 uh, with Dirk Cutter. He, when I got cut here, he needed a backup center guard. Uh, saw that I was released, so he brought me there. And literally the first week I was there, the starting center got hurt. I ended up starting the next 30 games and really liked my time in Tampa. And I was so thankful to Dirk for giving me the opportunity. Uh, but my body ended up breaking down for, ever since my knee injury. My body kind of, you know, started falling apart. So in 2017, after eight years, uh, I decided to walk away from it all. Um, 
and I gave it up because it was just it was kind of killing me and it wasn't really you know satisfying my my life like it used to I kind of lost the love for the game um so I decided to let it go and and move on to what's next wow man that's an awesome story now is so you played center in the NFL. Was that kind of your position throughout high school and obviously through college? You always kind of been just the center on the offensive line? Uh, in high school, I think the most athletic lineman that, that most people have play a tackle um, just because it's a little bit more of a playmaking, I guess you could say, offensive right. line impact the game more at tackle. And so I played tackle um my senior junior senior year there but I played both ways played some defense too they really utilized me when I went to UNLV I actually played I started 16 games at center and 15 games at guard so I was pretty diverse there and then um or versatile and then when I came to the league my my second year I ended up starting 12 games at right guard uh three at center that year and then I ended up playing the rest of my games at center I started over 55 games um which is a lot of football it's crazy hey that's crazy so with your time in atlanta and specifically i'm asking this because i'm a diehard atlanta fan what was it like working with matt ryan and be able to spend some time with guys like him and you know julio jones and how was that uh, your time in atlanta tell me about how how that was just working with a guy like matt who i think is a future hall of famer yeah, I mean he's he's an awesome awesome guy. He's he's a little bit of a goober when you like hang out with him, but when it comes <laughs> to football and going on the field, yeah. But like he's one of the most competitive men like on the football field. It's like a completely different person. It's wild. And um, <laughs> sorry, I had oh, you're good, man. Go on my phone. Um, so, but when he's on the football field, he's like a super competitive dude. One of the most competitive players I've ever played with. And he works his tail off. He prepares like like nobody I've ever seen. Um, and he was he's really fun to play with. He never really complains. Like you know, some quarterbacks you see if they're if there's you know the O line's having a tough game, you know, giving up three four sacks. You see the quarterback kind of pouting or like yelling at his offensive line. He like never did any of that to us. Like if he you know if you didn't pick up a block or something, he would let you know about it. But he never like you know expected like thought, acted like we weren't trying our hardest. You know, which is I really right. respected him for that. Um, one of the guys that I really liked playing with uh, was Tony Gonzalez when I first got there because that was one of the guys I looked up to when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. uh, he actually played in Huntington Beach in high school, which is in my league in high school. So he was always a player that we, like, you know, paid attention to and watched. So being able to play with him was wild. He's uh, he's freaking – he's a Hall of Famer now and learned a lot from him and how to prepare and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. Man, that's crazy. So I, I remember that game I hated that we couldn't. You know, after that Seattle, we beat Seattle in that playoff game uh, and came up short against the 49ers. Man, I was hoping to to get one for Tony. But real quick, before we yeah, kind of no talk, about, talk about what you're going through or what you're doing now, uh, what is just coming up NFL season, who is your pick? Let's just go ahead and – I know it's super early. Spring training hasn't even started. Who are you picking – Who's going to be playing in Super Bowl 54 in Joe Holly's eyes? Who you got playing? Oh, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I took last year as my first year retired, and I kind of took a break from it. But I really – I'll tell you what. I really enjoy the, keep watching the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And oh, I yeah. think they're going to continue to grow, and I think he's going to grow as a player. Um, so I think they got as good a shot as anyone. Um, but there's always a couple teams that really, you know, come together in training camp, and they end up making a run in the middle of the season. And – 
You know, that's the crazy thing with football is it doesn't really matter how much talent you have individually, you still got to come together as a team. And in the NFL, every team every year is different. Like there's so right. much turnover that people think, oh, yeah, the Chiefs are going to be the same Chiefs. It's like, yeah, but, you know, the bottom 20% of the roster is going to be turned over. And if those guys can't get together and play well um, as a team, then, you know, it's kind of a lost cause. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what kind of the developments throughout the season and what teams come together. As long as uh, I don't see Tom Brady lifting up his seventh Lombardi, I'll be I'll be okay. <laughs> I'm, not, hey, I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you on that. I'm tired of seeing the Patriots. I'm about over that nonsense. But, uh, hey, you're um, telling me. I, so I played eight years in the NFL, and out of those eight years, like the Patriots are in the Super Bowl 90% of the time. So it's like they're taking away opportunities from everybody else. It's crazy. Like, give someone else a shot. <laughs> that, that is I, insane. I agree with you. <laughs> I've never thought about it that way. That's insane. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, and Crazy. it's well, it just speaks to and not to harp on the Patriots because I respect them, but my inner core hates them. But it's crazy just the fact that it just shows you the coat of you know, Belichick, Tom Brady, how difficult it is. No other team has done that, what they've done, yet they continue to do it. And with him being now in his 40s, it's just crazy. But, um, yeah, so Joe, let's kind of talk about the kind of cool stuff you're doing now outside of football. So I'm going to pass this on to Caleb. And uh, to really ask and really talk about your what you got going on with um, – well, I'm going to let Caleb talk about that. So, Caleb, go ahead and, and um, take it from here. Yeah, I'm definitely – I mean, really excited to get you on because I, it was just one day. Uh, I'm big into YouTube. I love just, you know, trying to wind down at the, after a long day. I'll go through watching videos and blogs. And I ended up stumbling upon the Man Van Dog Blog. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. This is former Falcon here, so i got to watch it. So – Started watching it, and man, I've, I've been hooked. So it's, I really want to know just where did this idea really come from? Is it something you've always had a passion for, just kind of traveling and and, and whatnot? I, I'm just interested on how this came about. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I never really um, – you know, when I was done playing football, I decided I was going to retire. I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to do next, and I was starting to stress out about – I want to get involved in business somehow, and – start my own business, had a lot of ideas, but I started getting stressed out about what I was going to do. I mean, so many opportunities. There's not a structure. Obviously, I had to do it myself. And so kind of took a step back, and I was like, you know what? Like, I just played football the last 16 years of my life. Like, why don't I, you know, take some time and appreciate and take advantage of, of all the hard work I did and the money that I saved, and I had the opportunity as a single man to kind of go travel and, and figure things out. And so I decided to buy a van, I rescued a dog, and I hit – you know, the road for a road trip. And I traveled for last seven months last year. Uh, and I decided uh, it'd be cool to, you know, start a blog and kind of share the experience. And it's grown into something way bigger than I thought, you know, last year when I started. And um, it's been getting a lot of uh, positive feedback and, you know, the stories I've heard from people that tell me how I've inspired them to make a change in their lives has really given me like a sense of purpose. And so I kind of turning it and reorganizing it and I'm um, trying to turn it into something bigger. And so this year I'm kind of refocused. I bought a new van. I'm hitting the road again, and I'm going to try and keep uh, sharing the message while enjoying traveling with my dog. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I, and the new van, by the way, is, I mean, I, I watched your uh, story on Instagram, and just the amount of features that van has, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was awesome. But um, also I love the, the first blog you put out, um, it's so funny because a lot of people think blogging or vlogging is so easy. And the first video had me dying because you had like, I think it was like 40 takes 
just trying to get something right. And it's just, yeah. it, it's definitely a lot harder than it looks. Um, yeah. I'm glad I put that up there because when I, when I first made that video, I started talking to the camera and I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> and I remember calling my sister and being like, I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't even talk to the camera. And then I had the idea to like mash up how bad it was and show people kind of where my starting point was. And you watch my first video to my, like my last video and how much I've grown and how much I've learned from it. I just want to show people that if you want to do something, you just got to start doing it and you'll get better at it. And practice does help. Oh yeah, by far. I mean, just to see how comfortable you have come with it is, is just awesome. Uh, another thing I like too, um, I believe this is maybe even the second or third, uh, video on your vlog was, uh, the fact that you gave away a bunch of furniture, donated it to charity. Um, can you just talk a little bit about the, I believe the charity was Metropolitan Ministries, if I'm not mistaken. So you just kind of, kind of tell us what that means to you and just what made you give to them and just uh, what their charity represents. Yeah, it was Metropolitan Ministries, a, a local nonprofit in Tampa Bay. And um, I think the furniture went to help uh, families of domestic violence trying to restart, which was awesome, which helped me, you know, made me feel really good that I was able to pay it forward. Um, the reason I did it is I was uh, thinking about what I was going to do with all my furniture and I, I would get my options where I could sell it or I could store it, which is going to cost more money. And I started looking on those apps like uh, OfferUp and stuff, trying to get rid of stuff. And I you know, was listing this uh, little side table for like $15 and it was like back and forth. And it was this whole process. And I had to wait this four hour window for someone to come pick it up. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't really need you know, this, this a little bit amount of money I can get for the, for the stress of like worrying about selling it. I was like, why don't I just have some volunteers come and just take it all away and, you know, give it to somebody that's going to help more than just sitting around. Um, so it was a win-win. So I got Metropolitan Ministries. They had trucks and volunteers come and they packed up all my furniture for, for me. So it was like one thing I didn't have to worry about before I hit the road. And then it went to help somebody and went to good use. So it was a win-win and it was a, made me feel really good. You know, getting rid of stuff and minimalizing has been amazing. Um, not having a lot of stuff and decluttering your life. That's kind of part of my message as well. Um, living with less so you can experience more. Um, trying to show people to spend more money on experiences rather than stuff because the experience is a lot more gratifying and fulfilling. Oh, yeah, totally. That's so awesome. And that kind of actually segues into the next question I was going to ask you. Just, like, what do you have planned for the next, I guess, next year or, this, or 2019? Is there any kind of spots you're looking forward to hitting or any favorite spots you're actually looking forward to going back and visiting? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for baseball season starting back up. I think opening day is tomorrow, right? Yeah. Or Thursday the 28th. I don't know when people are going to be listening to this. But, yeah, so I'm excited for uh, baseball to start again. Uh, part of my thing last year, I went to 13 different baseball stadiums, I think. And so this year I'm going to start heading up the East Coast and go, you know, New York, Boston, um, you know, Washington, Baltimore, and go watch a bunch of baseball. Uh, one of the spots I want to hit up while I'm over there is kind of head on over and see Niagara Falls and then maybe drive into Canada. I heard it's beautiful up there. Maybe wait till it warms up a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's a few places and uh, people I want to see, and I'm just going to kind of, I don't plan it too much. I kind of just go with the flow. Um, but this blog and sharing it has led to a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, maybe get into a little bit more public speaking this year and kind of sharing my message while I'm on the road traveling and just connecting with people. Man, that's awesome. Now, before we kind of wind this down, just uh, just one last question. Um, is there one spot you visited over the last year that you're like, I have to recommend for people to go check out that they wouldn't normally think would be a great like travel destination. 
Yeah, one of the best national parks I went to last year was was uh, the Grand Tetons in Wyoming. It's right outside of Jackson Hole. And I never really heard of it until I was on my travels. And this is kind of what's cool about not really planning your trip. I stayed with a friend in uh, or San Fran, and then I knew I had to make it to Colorado in two weeks. And so I kind of slowly started making my way. And he was like, well, you can stay with my cousin in Nevada City. So I had no idea who his cousin was, but they let me stay there. I stayed there for a few days. We hung out, and then they're, they recommend Grand Teton. So I was like, go to this campsite. It's got a cliff. It's overlooking. It's beautiful. So I ended up going up there, and it was like, amazingly incredible and um you know this is just huge mountain range um it's pristine lake and great hiking uh the whole state of wyoming is beautiful so if you have an opportunity go check it out oh definitely that sounds that sounds so peaceful especially compared to atlanta where there's traffic everywhere so <laughs> yeah like it's well, great i don't know how you guys do it <laughs> well joe we can't thank you enough for uh, coming on and giving us your time uh, just hang on for one second once we're done recording. We want to thank you again. But everyone, this was Joe Holly, and uh, Joe, one more time, the name of your vlog so people can look it up and check check out what you're doing. Yeah, I'm on all social media outlets at Man Van Dog Blog. I'm most active on Instagram, so if you want to reach out, um, get in contact with me, go ahead and DM me. Uh, I try to respond to most everybody that's out there. I have my website, ManVanDogBlog.com, as well. Okay, awesome. So everybody, you heard that manvandogblog.com. Uh, check it out. He's got some really awesome stuff and checking out some really great cities. Thank you guys for listening. This is Premium Sports Talk. Until next time. Joe, man, thank you so much, man. You killed it. I appreciate your time. Yeah, man, anytime. Let me know if you guys uh, want to catch up. Yeah, definitely well, for hey. sure.